react if I had to Put some things in the past to And don't let them distract you But react if you have to I'll react if I had to Put some things in the past to And don't let them distract you But react if you have to React if you have to Don't know the time, boy kind of hard with you not around know you in heaven and smiling down watching us as we pray for you every day we pray for you till the day we meet again in my heart is where i keep the friend memories give me the strength i need to proceed the strength i need to believe why are you why are you looking at me like that oh know, shit are we on we're on oh fuck uh we're here to record a podcast or me to um do some rap battling i don't know man do you recognize I, that song I, I, i'm here for of course well, P. Diddy. Of course. Call me Chris P- Chris Pizzle. All right, I'll stop. It's a great album. It is. I was in eighth grade when they when they dropped that. I was such a little fucking baller in eighth grade. All I could think about was two things: hockey and pus- uh, hockey and and I was horny as an eighth <laughs> grader. It, I mean. I, and I think I peaked in eighth grade. I, a lot of girls, I think, liked me. I think more girls liked me in eighth grade than as the years went on. So, so anyway, I was uh, I was doing a little. I, I didn't know we were on. I was doing a little rapping. Um, I was listening to that song on the way here. And when I used to write for the blog, I used to always include a recommended background music. It was. Um, Songs that I would listen to as I was kind of gearing up to write, sometimes they had a pretty specific message to what I was writing about, and uh, sometimes they were just random as fuck. So that song, for what I want to talk about today, is super uh, specific, and uh, we'd play it as an intro, but uh, there's that whole thing called fucking royalties. Yeah, they, they want to make money for some reason. Pricks. Fucking, you know, capitalists. Anyway. How do you feel about capitalism? I feel, you know, you know how I feel. Um, liberal Jeff, I think that's what we're going to call you. Liberal Jeff. Um, point is, this, that song um, hit a chord back when I was in eighth grade, and it it was the one I wanted to, that I wrote. on. Uh, I wrote about what we're going to talk about today, and I used that song as the recommended background music. Um, so... To get into it, today I do want to talk about self-accountability. And self-accountability in recovery, in sobriety, um, is, is so fucking important. It is a, it's a foundation that you, that you, they, that you live your life in, in this recovery arena and, it springboards you into into freedom, man. It's fucking liberating. So I want to I want to rewind back to before eighth grade. I was eight years old, and this is a brutal fucking story. So it's traumatizing. It's you know it's tough to probably listen to. A lot of people that know me know the story. It's not something that they bring up at uh, dinner parties or. 
happy hour by any means. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna you know hit some key points to the story, talk about it, um, and then I'll, I'll you know I'll digress and get it from point A to point B, where we talk a little bit about what self accountability in my life looked like from transition to pity party to self accountability. And I'll I'll touch on all that, but um, and I know we ended the the first episode we did, um, this being episode two now, um, with kind of a sad story about a, another friend that I lost. So uh, I'm not going to make this a theme and and turn this into you know Pondoff's fucking parlor and uh, you know become a Paul Bear on a podcast. But but this one's important. So. Summer going into third grade, I, I was eight years old, 1992, and we, my best friend, and there was three, uh, there was me and uh, Johnny, and um, there was another kid that, the three of us, and then there was two twins that were still close with today the, the we kind of ran around the neighborhood you know best friends always all summer long um playing together beating the shit out of each other playing together beating the shit out of each other it's uh, you know that game and we loved hockey baseball um nascar you know a little bit of hoosier in us i think that it was the summer that or it was right around when days of thunder came out cool fucking movie right uh, Tom Cruise is a fucking freak show, but we didn't know that back then. Um, and then he, how did he fucking land Joey Potter, Katie Holmes? Uh, he landed her and lost her. Well, well, anyway, let us pray. Um, anyway, we were running around, you know, we ran around it, and that movie came out. We all played with race cars and would go to the local go-kart track in Belleville on Saturday nights and we'd go to the dirt track to watch racing on Friday nights, the, the fucking stock car races at, um, about a Hoosier as it can fucking get. Um, but awesome. Uh, I, I, I know people that still live and die uh, at the dirt track and they, they say, if there's not dirt in your beer, you ain't racing. But regardless, we, we would go to this go-kart track on Saturday nights in Belvo and we would, Go so often th- that summer and the summer before that, I believe that the the owners of the go kart track kind of, you know, they didn't give a fuck, so they just let us do what we wanted to do. Unfortunately, as it as it sounds, so it was July twenty fifth, and um, me, my buddy Andy, and my buddy Johnny, my old man took us. He took us most of the time. Um, was pretty much a father to John because John's real father um, was a piece of fucking shit, but I'll, I'll get more into that later. Um, and we we were out there Saturday night, um, summer night, and logging laps, and um, I pulled up to a crash scene, and and it was John, and he had, he had rolled his go-kart, um, and we didn't have helmets on, man, and... Uh, I I remember some details so fucking vividly that it's probably, you know, 
a, a therapist might may be a, a, a good option for. Um, my wife often says I probably should go talk to a therapist about a whole laundry list of shit, but that might be close to the top. Um, and Johnny was laying there, man, in the fetal position, and I could I vividly remember a pool of liquid under his head. And then I remember my my old man, a husky guy, like like you and I. I mean, like me. I not, I don't want to call you husky, Jeff. <laughs> it's okay. Been called worse. <laughs> he um he hurtled this chain link fence like fucking Barry Sanders jumping over a fucking lineman, and um, ran to John and. At that moment, I was whisked away out of my go kart from by a uh, by a random guy that had just got done racing, and taken to my car, where my my old man ran back. Ambulances showed up. I don't know how long, how quick. Uh, so, like I said, some shit's fucking so vivid it's it can make me sick. It's it's tough to talk about even to this day, and it was. Shit, 92, so 27-something years later. Um, so I remember my old man had a, a Volvo with a with a car phone, not a, not a cell phone, a car phone that was, like, plugged in, and it had a cord. And, and I remember being on the phone with my mom, who was, f- like, completely freaking shit, dude. And the next thing I remember is being in the emergency room in Belleville at St. fucking Elizabeth's. Um, who, uh, by the way, has a trail of fucking bodies. But anyway, sometimes I, de- I run off on tangents. Um, close now. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I remember being in the emergency room, and my old man, who was my fucking hero, my whole, I mean, he was my fucking hero my whole life. But I... I was obsessed with him when I was a, a little boy. I wanted to be, and, and some will argue that that never really stopped until he died when I was 28, but I, he was my fucking hero. And the, I remember him slouched in a hospital waiting room at the emergency room with my mom who had shown up. And then I was sitting there and nobody knew. Well, I think they knew. I didn't, it didn't hit me yet um, until a doctor came out. And then that's when I think I made the connection that this, uh, that Johnny wasn't, wasn't waking up from this one. So out of the corner of my eye comes this fucking psycho screaming drunk guy barreling in the emergency room and he runs after my old man and just starts fucking beating the shit out of him in the middle of the emergency room and that, at that moment <coughs> I was whisked outside to the to where people would you know the entrance but out, outside that was John's real father um, biological father excuse me not real at all but definitely bio father um, and he he was just beating the yeah, he lost his son, right? So my old man sit there and he fucking took it. And there's not a, I mean, without question, that that is not. It wasn't even a thought. And we've talked about it. We talked about it later. And 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 
if this guy was a was a halfway, if this guy was a fucking quarter of a decent person, that's a that reaction. It's not the reaction that pissed me off. Like that to this day, thinking about it, it's it's the re, the revelation that this guy is a piece of shit. He's fucking doing life in prison right now. This prick. Um, the, the old national supermarkets over in Belleville, uh, in Illinois, he fucking defrauded elderly people out of all their about millions and millions of dollars. Like he, and he, yeah, he got what he fucking coming to him. So he's safe in prison anyway. Um, so this guy did that. And I, I, I bring up this story for on the surface right away. I, I think this was my first experience with, with God. I think that for me, if somebody says, when did you first make a connection that, that there's something bigger at work here? Um, it was, it was that night and it wasn't, yeah, I mean, it was a fucking tragedy, like how unfair, but, but God was with, with us. God was with Johnny. God was with my old man. And I knew it. I felt it. Um, as all that went down, I knew that that Johnny was not over. That his life, that my, that we weren't going to be friends the way we were. I knew that as an eight year old, but I knew that it wasn't over. It wasn't just no more John. So I really, I, I, I really feel that that was my first experience with 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 Jesus and. There is a there's a whole nother story that uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds on because I think we'll lose some people to fucking boredom. But there was a stranger that whole night, the guy that got me out of my go kart, took me to my blue Volvo. He had just been at the racetrack the night before, excuse me, the uh, the session before we took the track, and he happened to be just still there. I don't know if he was waiting to like go again, but he was in his fifties probably, and we, as our family know him, as the guy with the white ponytail, and because he showed up at the emergency room, and when when this fucking prick was all over my old man, um, he's the one who took me outside and my friend Andy, and hung out with us and distracted the fuck out of us, and he showed up again at the funeral. And let us sit in his convertible and fuck around in his convertible, distracting us from the horror of this shit. And never have I seen or heard from him again. Ever. And he's fucking real. I'm not making this shit up. I wasn't hallucinating. My mom saw him. Andy and his family saw him. So that was, you know, that that just was, was an angel god that was all that shit. Um, so... Putting that brutal story behind us, I grew up. Sorry, let me go back one minute. That the bio dad, uh, Johnny's bio dad, after the accident, put a restraining order on me, an eight year old, and my mom and dad from coming to John's funeral. That's the type of fucking asshole prick that this fucking guy is. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure we we yeah, we didn't oblige. I was a pallbearer at this at Johnny's funeral. I carried his casket at eight years old. So 
after that, he sued us for millions of dollars that we didn't have. And the case didn't settle until I was like 17 in high school. So, and, and uh, we didn't, it didn't impact us financially. He lost. Um, and that was before, I mean, you you trip and fall outside and stub your fucking toe. You could sue somebody. That was before all that. Um, so it was a scary deal, man. Like, I grew up with a huge sense of survivor's guilt and then a court case that I knew, you know, my parents shielded me, but I knew it was there. I knew that somebody was saying it was our fault that Johnny got killed. Um. So, you know, I we 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 went we we went back to life, and we had this guilt hanging over our head, and we dealt with it. We coped whatever way we could. I think my old man drank a lot, you know, his which as we get through this, uh, as we record some episodes in this podcast, you'll realize that him and I were you know, definitely uh, drinking buddies. But, you know, how the fuck else are you supposed to cope with something like that? Uh, it, it's a struggle. And as I grew up, you know, anytime I didn't really go to, to therapy. Um, there's no tragedy, how to raise your kids with a fucking brutal tragedy for dummies book out there for right. parents. Um they were grieving. I was grieving. They were coddling me. But so anytime I did something wrong or acted out, um, it was, well, he watched his best friend die. That's a fucking tra- traumatic event. Yes, it is. But you get told that so much over your life, it becomes a, at times, convenient fucking excuse. Oh, I got in a fucking fight over a girl at high school or eighth grade or whenever the fuck, ah, it's not my fault because I'm fucked up, you know? Right. And it became a, a, a real sorry butt, um, which stuck with me through, through, through alcoholism. Like, when I, you know, and Jeff, I don't know how much you used to drink or you ever, but, like, people out there listening to this will resonate with the Drunk Apology Tour, when you wake up in the morning and you fucking did something fucked up, um, you hit somebody, one of your friends, or you got in a stupid, you caused a big fucking scene, you're on your phone, you're, you're reading your text that you sent, and you just go on this fucking drunk apology tour, and it, it, it sucks like your gut out, man. It, it's awful. I hated it. But I'd been conditioned to tell people, sorry, but. And then it's not my fault. However, that it's not my fault looked. It would be, um, I, I could I could tell a story, you know, like the fucking best of them. I could manipulate is really the the word here. Any situation into where it's not my fault that my actions were not my fault, and that can be fucking dangerous, especially when it comes to alcoholism addiction um <clears throat> fucking self-harm uh whatever the fuck it is that we're doing that is dragging us dragging us down man it, it really can and you know i didn't mean to fucking you know bang this guy's girlfriend because you know but it wasn't my fault well yes it was my fucking fault you know yes it, you know i didn't mean to do this because uh, i fucking had 
half a bottle of tequila in me and a couple fucking lines of blow. Like, yeah, it's still your fucking fault. Yeah, it is. So, when, when I finally was able to, to, to check into rehab, which, um, you had to, and I, they helped me, but something, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and we use that saying often, but I had to take back control of my own life. And the only way you can do that is by taking responsibility, is by owning your shit, man. And there were times, that there, and there are times in anybody's life where real bad shit can happen. And we can... We can throw a, a, a quite a pity party, and that's okay, man. It's okay to have some some pity. It's okay to have self pity for a for a little bit. I, I think it is, and that's what I mean. When anytime somebody says pity party, you're throwing a pity party. Um, you have self pity. It, it's it comes off as a real like shot, and and I don't think it is. That I'm not using it that way. I'm using it like we have all probably had times where we really felt fucking sorry for ourselves because maybe we probably should. Like there's been some bad shit that's happened to all of us. It's when that takes on a life of its own and becomes your normal is when there's when there's an issue. And and I think that it's very interwoven with it was with my alcoholism. It was with my escape to to do and blow and fucking rolling my balls off in college, whatever the fuck. And it was not my fault. And that got dangerous. But when when I when I took back my life and, and sobered up and said, no more, the buck stops here. I'm done making fucking excuses for um, throwing a fucking bottle of whiskey through my fucking glass door or driving like a fucking madman, you know, heaven forbid. Um, thank you, Jesus, that things things could have gone the other way, Jeff, um, uh, a million and a half times for me. And for some fucking reason, um, I'm sitting here talking to you guys, and, and I lucked out. I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. And... Um, so the least I can do is is take back my take back my life and own my shit and be responsible for my own actions. And for those of you that are struggling, that are listening to this, it is the most liberating feeling. It's hard at first because once we say enough's enough, we, we actually got to, we started to start facing the fucking music a little bit, right? But I'm telling you, it's fucking worth it. And for I think those of us that maybe don't struggle with addiction or have had much much trauma in our lives, to them that sounds like, okay, normal. Just fucking growing up to being a goddamn adult. Pardon. Don't mean to use the Lord's name in vain. Trying to tell people about fucking Jesus here and I'm dropping GDs. Um, anyway, that I, I think, but it's it, this is a little different than just, oh, grow up, you know, be an adult. You know, not everybody does that at the same pace. Right. Um, 
Fuck, I know some 50-year-olds that are... It's not too late for anybody, right? And um, I think with 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 the self accountability, with the 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 taking back of your own shit, of taking responsibility of what your actions contribute to, what what it is that you've done. No matter what the excuse is, you, you, there are no more excuses. You you don't. It's you did something stupid while you were fucking high. You just did something stupid. It it nobody else, nobody else's fault. It's your your fault, and that's <clears throat> sounds harsh, but I'm telling you, it's it's the most freeing sense that. Um, that that at least I've ever come across when I've went from constantly being able to throw a pity party to no more to fuck it. And, um, and I think that's where people start. I, I, I really think that's the beginning of a upward and onward life. And if, if so, if, if, sober life if if that's what you're battling is is an addiction or or alcoholism and guys i'm no fucking expert here i just am telling you what worked for me and um that i i think it's tied in too with the you know the first step is denial shit like that denying responsibility for your own actions is is also tied into this it's the same thing um so when you when you admit I'm I'm a fucking alcoholic. I need help. I want to take control back of my own life and be responsible for what I've created or what I've done. It's it's a liberating deal. So, not to ramble on too much about that, but um Yeah, so I know that story's brutal. Um <clears throat> and I, you know, I got a couple of them, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to beat everybody over the head here with a, you know, obituary, but it is a, we all probably have, have some stories that are similar, whether they're that effect or greater. Um, if we wanted to, we could all probably just latch on to something bad that's happened to us and then decide to use that as an excuse to get through life. Not as well as we probably could. And, um, yeah, I don't, uh, it's a tough one to relive. It's a tough one to retell, but it's the two main reasons I wanted to was because it is my first experience with, with God and, and God's grace. Um, and, and just being like, I, I guess hugged by Jesus like that was what I needed then and then also seeing it through my old man like not fucking losing his shit that would have been that would have been pretty fucking tragic if he would have lost his shit in that emergency room and gone toe to toe with this fucking asshole but he didn't and um pretty proud of him for that because he didn't show up much man but that that fucked him up you know, I know he, like, lawsuit or not, felt 
super fucking responsible for that shit. I mean, I have a six-year-old now and, you know, and, and I have nephews that are that age and we take them to do fun shit all the time. Uh, something like that happened on my watch, you know. Jesus, I I don't know. It would be uh, it would be fucked up, but but um, yeah. So I wanted to share that story and and talk about self accountability a little bit and 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 to cut to kind of talk about manipulation a little bit. It you don't wake up in the morning and, and tell yourself I'm going to go and manipulate somebody. I'm going to make it an excuse to do something. Um, and and flip the situation from laying responsibility on your lap, if that makes any sense. And manipulation is something you learn over time, like I did, and like people do. Um, it it comes with direct or indirect enabling from parents, from friends, and people learn to to really manipulate especially when they're using or drinking too much, doing self-harm shit too much, that it becomes a way of of really just justifying their shit. And it's a, it becomes cyclical. Uh, it's a really bad cycle. And I've seen people that break the fucking cycle. I think I did. Um... It's not something you break and then you're free. You, it's a it's a new mindfulness to, and it it's a it's a learned the new learned reality that is like I have said multiple times on this episode. It's super fucking liberating, um, and it's it's a life saving for for a lot of people, um, but. Um, I want to I, I, I want to also let people know as we go on with this, it's not going to be so fucking dark and and brutal. We're going to tell some funny stories. Um, I have a lot of guests lined up that that want to come on this. Um, I um, can re we you know once we get them down officially, we'll we'll release them to everyone, and and I think we're gonna. We're gonna have some fun with this, so um, I hope this one doesn't have people turning off or too down in the dumps. But stick with us. Um, tell your friends about us, and uh, and maybe we can uh, keep some momentum going to to help some folks. What do you think? I think so, man. All right. I think the other thing is you can convince yourself that it must not be my fault. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's Absolutely. And, and then once you've convinced yourself, it's really hard to take ownership. Uh-huh. Because how can you own something that's obviously not me? Right. So, I don't know. What do you, what do, you do with that kind of thing? Well, it, it. no, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not because it's... When people say you're having a pity party, you, you like immediately feel like a weak piece of shit. And it's not something you're intentionally doing. It's something that's happened to you because of a bad habit that's continued on and now you're stuck with this. I'm not, this isn't my fault because of X, Y, Z. And to, to break that cycle, it, it takes work for me. It took a fucking trip to rehab and then 
just being sick of it. But, um, and then realizing that yeah, I, there was enough times for me to know that it's, it's uh, all this shit is my fault that I did all these, you know, name that dumb fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But, but it is not an intentional pity party you're throwing yourself so what 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 helps too and this goes for a lot of people that might be listening if you're in the the camp of friend of or family member of said person that's fucking struggling you you might be whether you know it or not enabling that behavior by allowing that cycle to continue and i'm glad you asked too because one of the hardest parts of breaking that cycle is actually fucking listening to someone. All right. We, and I don't know if it was just because I was a fucking drunk falling down, you know, piece of shit. My, in my late teens and early in twenties. And that also coincides with like the time of your life where you know everything, right? Right. So combine those two facts with, you shut off your listening. You shut off your learning. You think you know everything. You think you got the answer for everything, which is fucking bullshit. For me, it was... I finally... I lost my old man, who was my whole accountability structure, and then I started fucking listening eventually to someone. Whether It was my doctor, um, some friends, and and once you stop knowing it all and start listening i think that that's the best way to get that cycle broken of of learned it's a learned mindfulness i think but i appreciate you asking that so i think that's all i got for this one um the last one i felt fucking good about this one i don't know if it's because of the topic or 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 what but um but we're gonna have some fun um we're gonna pick up the 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 funny shit and 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 the entertainment um song and dances for the next one but yeah if there's any questions guys reach out um it's c pondoff at pondoffsanonymous.com c-p-o-n-d-o-f-f like frank frank at pondoffsanonymous.com look for us on facebook instagram um, am I missing anything? Uh, uh, anything we don't shit? mention, we'll uh, drop in the show notes. Yeah, there you go. I, that's that's my man. All right, guys. Well, um, we'll talk soon. You guys have a uh, day, evening, commute, whatever the fuck you're doing. And always let us pray. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>